Amen. Good morning. This has kind of been a picture of my morning. I've been very unprepared today. So I think I got here at 10.04. Sorry about that, guys. How are you? So yesterday was April 2. That was yesterday's identity, even though its behavior didn't line up with it. See what I did there? Because it was snowing. Wow. I'm going home. I'm leaving. Nope. If this is, nope, I'm leaving. If this is how you guys are going to be today, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for me. It is spring break. I understand. I know all of us kind of have a short attention span. Maybe I have a short attention span. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, we're going to need more than that. I said, too, just because it doesn't look like spring, my feet still think it is. Huh? Come on. We need more color in our lives. Thank you. Thank you. They were fun. They were fun. I actually was one of the things I bought in Vegas. I feel like they're Vegas shoes. I don't know. A lot of weird things happen out there, so <laughs> I can't really be held responsible for what, for what I did. That's not true. That's not what I meant. Do you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Thank you, Caleb. All right. So, welcome those of you who didn't take a trip anywhere. Kristen's mouth is still hanging open because of what I just said. <laughs> um, to those of you who are watching online in Florida or wherever anybody went, we are closing up the series this week, um, but it shouldn't, it should be like, to me, it should just be something that just continues. Like, this has been changing me forever. And honestly, I just want to say thank you to most of you because you're the reason why it's been changing me is because of the fact that we've all been doing this together and we've been sharing like what God's been speaking to us together. And because of that, like it's been changing me. You know, it, it, it's the father reveals himself to me so, so often through you all. And if we weren't in this community, like there'd be such a gap in my spiritual growth, in my connection with him. And so I'm just so grateful I'm so grateful for our small group, for the interaction, for the vulnerability. Like, it's just, it, it's just been amazing. I, I'm so blessed. You know, there's something, uh, this is just kind of a free thing. Luke said something on Thursday night. He said, you know, I had this realization. I want to make sure to get it to say the exact word that he used. Um, I thought I wrote it down. I didn't. But we cannot fail. We can't. We can quit, we can choose to not participate, but you can't fail, because it's Christ in you, and he's already victorious, so you can't fail, it's already been done, it's just us walking it out, it's us connecting, it's us, it's us understanding what's already been done, what's already taken place, and participating in that, but there's, there's no opportunity for failure, and that should be a freeing statement for us, it should be the thing that says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go all in. You know, um, and so that's where kind of, you know, as I've just been praying this week and actually last week I even said to, to Kevin, I said, you know, is this too, is this too much to say, wake up, get up, walk in it? Like, is it too much? Is it too abrasive? I don't know. Is it, you know, but I, I don't feel like it is because I feel like it's what God's saying to me. He's saying to me, Jamie, get up, get going, let's go, you know, and, and that's just, 
that's the way he's talking to me. And so I'm, I'm hoping it's encouraging people. But I feel like, guys, it's time. I feel like it's time that we start to walk in the things that we say we believe. I feel like it's time we start living lives as people who are identified as sons and daughters of the living, almighty God. God gave me a, a word this morning, and, and, and he asked me to share it with a friend of mine who's traveling right now. And I, I went to go type it out, and I said, you know, the Father th- said, wanted, asked me to share this with you. And God literally said to me, he said, no, I want you to say the mighty one asked me to share this with you. And I was like, oh, that's, I've never called him that, you know? So this is a new thing, too. Like, his identity is still being revealed to me in its fullness. And he is mighty, and he is powerful, and he is just fearless, and he is in me. So there's a lot of logical conclusions we need to start walking in. Um, And yet, I have a lot of questions. I'm like, but I don't understand, then, why this happened. And I don't understand why I couldn't pull that off. And why, when I prayed for this person, did this not take place? And why am I not seeing this? And I was kind of laughing. I told you guys last week that Kevin and I have been watching The Chosen, And uh, one of the things that, uh, first of all, I completely, I always have in scripture related to Peter because he's whimsical and, you know, silly and just always getting ahead of himself. And that's kind of the way I feel I live, but they really portray that in that show, (laughs) just how reckless he is. And I just loved it because one of the scenes, um, the character playing Jesus just looks at him and he said, if we're going to have Q&A every time we do something, it's going to be a really annoying journey. And I just started laughing because I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm like, where are we going? What's going on? Hey, 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 hang on. And he's like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, but um, what kind of shoes should I bring? You know, what, what should I pack? What should I do? Like, you know, should I forward my phone? You know, what a, what's the plan here? And he's like, just come on, come on. So um, little story and, and uh I don't know, I, you guys are just going to have to bear with me this morning and, and just come with me where I just kind of feel like God's, God's talking to me this week through all of this. But one of the things that I, I was going to share, wanted to share, was just kind of a little journey I had and just kind of how the Lord has brought this identity thing, used a natural circumstance to kind of, you know, shore up a spiritual thing. So uh, probably about 12 years ago, I started having some health problems. I don't want to get into detail. There's no, there's no need to. But I started kind of having some, some, some health struggles, some things that were very, um, very bothersome to me. Um, things that you knew weren't right. Things that you know you're going through, and you're like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You know, my body shouldn't be behaving this way. Shouldn't be responding this way. Yet, being the way that I'm wired, I just keep pushing through and figuring it out. And you know, we saw a lot of doctors back then, and everybody had a diagnosis with no, uh, not really doing any testing or analysis or anything. And you know, we just kind of said, "Well, I guess this is just what I live with now. It just is what it is, and I'll keep trusting God and keep believing for healing, and you know, all these kind of things." And and it was 12 years, and it, it, it just kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And I, 
I just, I just kept saying to God, to the Lord, I'm like, I, you know, I'm okay if this is like my thorn or whatever, but that doesn't make sense because scripture says healing is the children's bread. You guys all know, like when you're waiting on something from the Lord or believing for something and constantly faced with natural circumstances, like you have to do a lot of wrestling with God. And, and honestly, like it, it was okay, but you, you're still trying to understand things through your finite understanding and, and whatnot. So uh, through a series of events that took place last year. Um, you guys know the story that Kevin played softball and doesn't know how to slide. So, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everyone knows you know how to slide. It was, you know. It was the only game we won. That's true. Brian, testify. It was the only game you won. Yeah, okay. So anyway, you know, we kind of ended up in this journey, and Kevin ended up finally, Kevin ended up needing a new doctor. And so actually a friend of Scott's, um, is a is a doctor. I'm sorry, PA. You get corrected a lot when you call him a doctor in the medical field. He's a PA. It's better than any doctor I ever met. But whatever. Um, I had a doctor, and she didn't take very good care of me. But that doesn't speak of all doctors. Just speaks of one uh, who needs some revelation. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so so Kevin started seeing him, and and he kind of started helping with some things. And Kevin said, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've been dealing with, like he was kind of talking to me about like in, in my body as far as hormonally and stuff, he said it, it might be worth a try. And you, you know, you get to a point to where you've just resigned that you've tried enough, you know? And you've thrown enough stuff at it and, and trying honestly sometimes just feels like whatever. Anyway, so, so he just said, please, would you do this for me? So I went and I saw him through a course of events. He kind of ended up referring me out to a friend he had and all these types of things. Well, we ended up finding out that I had a lot of tumors and had to have surgery and have them removed. So 12 years I dealt with something. Something was wrong in my body. And it was literally like the moment that I woke up from surgery, I felt freedom. I felt different. I felt this, this thing, when, when there's something wrong in your body and then now it's taken care of, there's something that happens inside of you that is just this incredible peace. And, and it was amazing. It was just like instant, like something was wrong and now it's not. Now it's handled. That, that, that thing that's not supposed to be there is gone. And it's interesting because... So, as I started going out the next few weeks and the next, it's been a couple of months, I, I, I still am experiencing some symptoms because there's still healing taking place, you know? And my doctor has even said, like, some of the stuff that you're walking out, this, you know, things should be progressing better, but th this is going to be a healing process. So I still have to choose to believe that that's taken care of as I'm moving forward. That's kind of like a natural bringing into the spiritual. So God's just been kind of like using this as an example in my life. And he said, Jamie, he said, in your life, like there are enemies working against your identity, right? And we've been talking about this a lot over the last seven weeks. Lies, you know, people have spoken things to you, maybe in the church, outside of the church, maybe experiences you've had, whatever. There's constantly an enemy, right? Chris talked about that, prowling around like a roaring lion, looking to devour us. It doesn't say he can, it says he's looking to, right? And, and, and these enemies, these wicked things of our soul and of our spirit that are trying to wreak havoc on us, 
we cannot befriend these things. We cannot tolerate these things. They need to be cut out from our lives. And again, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about voices. I'm talking about false truths, false narratives, false expectations, you know, performance, whatever, all the things that we've touched on over the last few weeks. These things need to be cut out. And sometimes that process of eliminating that in your life is very painful. The process that I went through on a health perspective was the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life, ever. But God was with me, and I, I'm on the other side, right? But sometimes they're painful, and so sometimes we just want to pull back and go, okay, I started working on that. I started speaking against that. I started standing on what believed, but it was painful because I had to face it, or it was, it was exhausting. It was stressful, whatever it may be, and, or maybe it just took too much trust, you know? Maybe it was just too much trust, because here's the thing. Accepting this identity that God has spoken over our lives is a giant walk of trust. To know that Christ is in you, to know that he's your hope of glory, to believe that you are whole and complete, lacking nothing, to believe that God has things for you to do, that the life that Jesus walked on this earth, he's called every person in this room to walk. Spirit, freedom, liberty, binding up the brokenhearted, setting the captives free. Every person in this room, every person at home is called to walk that life in Christ. And you already, I already have everything inside of me. So it takes trust. It takes action. It takes cutting things away. And it takes us no longer befriending the darkness that we were set free from, but embracing the light that we've been called into. And I don't want to be a church anymore. And by a church, I mean us, a collection of believers. I, I want us to be a people that are setting this desperate world on fire for the living God. Because there are people that are dying to hear the good news that they can be free and liberated and healed and set free. It's unbelievable. It's time for us to deal with the trash in our lives. It's time for us to say, this is my identity. I'm going to walk in it. Yeah, but you did this. Yeah, but that's going on. This is my identity. I'm going to walk in it. That's, I mean, it's proclamation. Uh, I'm a big fan of Jake Hamilton. He's a worship leader. He's kind of a rock and roller, if that's your scene. Like, he's one of those, you don't really sing it, you shout it. Um, and one of the bridges in his song says, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time as this. You are royalty. You have destiny. You have been set free. It's time for you to change history. And that's what I'm called to. And that's what every person in this room, every person watching online, that's what God designed you for. He put things inside of you that, that are mirrored in his son, your co-heir. And he said, I have plans and purposes that will ring out through the rest of eternity in each and every one of us. And the ones that I'm called to are different than the ones Doris is called to. And so if, I, so if Doris is walking in her identity and I'm not, the things that I'm called to don't get done because she's doing the things she's called to. We can't live this life of somebody else will do it, somebody else will clean it up. Maybe God will, maybe God will send Doris to that guy because I don't really feel like 
making myself uncomfortable right now. I don't really feel like putting myself out there. I don't really feel like, you know, maybe being wrong or praying for somebody and God not showing up or whatever. So maybe Doris, she's a little more spiritual. Maybe she can come in and do it. We do these things. We justify this stuff in our head, you know, and, and it's, just, it's just a time to, to be done with this. The journey of this life is so important, so important. Um, I want to read a, a passage. Um, I've been in the Old Testament a lot. It's still scripture, still alive and active and living and there for us to learn and grow from. Uh, Numbers 33, I want to read this, uh, 50 through 55. The, uh, the passage says, when you cross into the Jordan, so this is... Uh, this is God speaking to the Israelites. They're about to go and, and take, you know, a new part of land. And he says, when you cross into the Jordan in the land of Canaan, you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from you and destroy all of their idolatrous sculptures, destroy all their cast metal images and eliminate their high places. You shall take possession of the land and live in it. I, I kind of stopped there for a second when I was reading because I thought, what a silly thing to say. Who doesn't move into a land and live in it? Well, a lot of times we don't. A lot of times we take possession of things and we don't occupy it. We don't live in it. We actually did a series on that years ago, and I could probably afford to hear it again. When we take possession of things and freedom in our life and shore up things in your identity, you need to live in it. You need to walk in it. Don't just take possession of it and leave that land desolate. It's got to be cultivated. It's got to be worked through. He goes on to say, for I have given the land to you to possess it, but if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from you, it will come about that those whom you let remain of them will be like thorns in your eyes and like pricks in your side, and they will be trouble to you in the land in which you live. And there's many circumstances that you see throughout Scripture to where the Israelites didn't do this, and it was trouble for them. And I am continually doing this in my life to where I'm getting, I'm getting a revelation and then I don't walk in it because it's too difficult or I don't want to do the work or I don't want to face the hard thing or I don't want to face the pain of something that I went through. I don't want to forgive someone because I'm justified. I don't want to uh, do the things I'm called to do because I'm busy making a defense for something someone said to me. You know, Lisa spoke on that a few, a few weeks ago about having an unoffendable heart. Offense is a friend of mine a lot. And that's not the life God's called me to because I, I have nothing to lose, nothing to prove, nothing to hide. I am whole and complete in Christ. There's, there's nothing there's nothing that needs to be there, but because I spend so much time trying to justify my flesh and make my flesh feel better, then I'm not walking after the things of the Spirit, and this is the life that I'm called to. And it's time to stop acting like a ninny Christian. This is not for me anymore, you know? Thanks, Chris. Chris texted me. He said that. Anyway, got you, bro. Um, <laughs> So here's something that God just keeps saying to me too. He's like, Jamie, he said, when you came into this, when you accepted this identity that I created you with, when you, when you said, I died to my flesh, I rise in Christ, I accept him as my Lord, my Savior, my God, my King, my friend, my, my, my daddy, when you, when you step into that, I didn't just take all the evil, wicked things in my life and give, him to, give them to him, and then now here I stand. No, I also took on 
his nature. I took on the things that he said about me. I became new life in Christ. So it wasn't just this thing where I picked up all my junk and then laid it at his feet and then now I, I just stand here. No, it, it, it wasn't a transaction. It was, a, it was brand new. It wasn't garbage for good. It was dead alive. Two different things. The spirit and the flesh are not the same. Now, we exist here in this world in the same place and we're all wrestling through that. Right, But when glory to glory to glory to where Christ Jesus becomes our all in all and we're seated in heavenly places, all of those things that we're not supposed to be living in right now will not even be around. And yeah, I keep trying to come back here and go, oh, I remember this. I can wallow in that for a little bit. Or so-and-so said this thing to me. You know, it, it, it's just, it's, so, it's such foolishness. And I know I'm saying this and we're all like, duh. But I don't feel like we live it. I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm shining bright the way that, that God has called me to, and I want to. And I want you to hold me accountable for it. And I want to hold you accountable for it. And I want this church family to be a church family that starts going out and impacting the world around us. I want our kids to be on fire. I want our, our uncles and our aunts and our grandmas and grandpas to experience the love of God when we're with them in such a way that they're just like, we want to spend time at your house. We want to be together. We don't know what's, what it is about you, but I just can't stand to be away from you. You know, uh, my mom and I were talking a little bit the other day at breakfast about, you know, kind of just the, the, the difference some of the some of the translations of how like certain people were seen and just even just even one of the things I kept thinking about is you know Moses came down from the mountain and his face was shown right and we we talk about that a lot they had to cover it up the Israelites didn't want to see it but what what if that was like a natural thing we were walking in to where we have spent so much time and we're so on fire that literally you're walking down the street and somebody's like who are who are you I've seen people like you what's going on I've seen a couple people like you what's the diff what's the deal what is it with you people you know, they stopped Jesus. They stopped him everywhere he went. They knew about him. There was things milling. They, they said of the disciples, we could tell they had been with Jesus. How could you tell? I want people to stop me point blank and be like, dude, you're one of them. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You know, and you can be too. It's just, this is, I mean, we make 10,000 decisions every day, they say on an average. How many of those am I making as a co-heir with Christ, being concerned about the people that I work next to instead of the produce that I'm trying to come up with, connecting with my children instead of trying to force them into some mold that I think they should be, but hearing their heart and, and asking the Father in those moments, what do you want to say to them right now? What's on your heart? What are you thinking about? What are you doing? All of these decisions, he is right here with me, and he's, he's co-laboring with me. We talk about that a lot, but yet I labor, and then I try to tap him in when something gets too hard for me. It's not, it's not living naturally supernatural. We have to continue to remove the things from our lives that don't belong there and say no to them and say yes, yes, yes to the Spirit. Joshua 7.13 is another place where, where they came in and, and, and Jesus said to the people, he said, stand up, 
Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves tomorrow for the Lord of God of Israel has said this. And there are things designated for destruction in your midst. So when they went in and when they, when they, when they went to war and when they took over the new land, they took everything. They were supposed to slay everyone and get rid of the high places and burn the idols and get rid of the trash and yet every time there was these little bits of something that they thought were valuable that they held on to, that they thought would, would maybe help their identity or help their financial situation or whatever it may be, these little things that they wanted to keep their hands around. This is what I continue to do. Oh, there's a little, there's a little this or a little that. He's saying, no, no, identity looks like Jesus. Whole, complete, lacking nothing. If there's anything that's coming up contrary to the things that he said about my nature, it needs to be burned alive, burned at the stake, cut off, not a part of me anymore. The wicked one tries to, he tries to even say silly things like in our marriages and in our families and, and oh, oh, I can't believe your, your husband said that about you. Oh, 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 I can't believe that, you know that this happened or so-and-so or your boss, you know, treated you that way. Oh, you should, you know, don't your, doesn't he know you did this? Doesn't he know you did that? Who am I? What, why are we doing this? What, what fruit, what energy comes of this? Is this partnering? Is this co-laboring with Jesus? With me listing all of the defenses of how I've been a good wife or a good mom or a good employee? No, it's still performing. It's still justifying. It's still trying to prove that I have value on this earth. He said I'm valuable. He said it. I'm done. So why do I defend? So then I want to go, well, Jesus is my defender, which means what that literally means is Jesus then is going to go slay my husband or my boss or my kids, whoever said this thing that I don't like. So that's what it means in my natural mind, right? So I, I was going through all of this the other day, driving into work, and, you know, I'm spouting off to him, and God's like, no, I already defended you on the cross when you died to yourself and you became alive in me. And I told you that even the offenses that people have with you about me, you don't even need to worry about that. You worry about living a life free. You worry about living a life changed. You worry about living a life according to your identity not according to your performance or to the declaration of someone else. So identity, we, we talked a lot in the last seven weeks. It looks like serving from a place of sonship. You're serving from a place of sonship. And you're serving others because that's what the Father's doing. He's always outwardly focused. Always. Because he doesn't need anything. Yet his heart, his gaze is fixed on his kids we're serving from that place. Being a son or a daughter in our present reality, it's now. It's not to come. It's now. These are things we need to understand. This is not something we're, we're going to someday be. No, this is something you are. The revelation of that is still coming, still being worked out, still being shored up. We're being transformed from glory to glory. Like we said, that's Christ Jesus in us, our all in all. It is a process. It's happening, but you're not waiting for anything. It's now. It's happening now. And it's also to purposely choose to not live as a slave. Just because you serve others doesn't make you a slave. The kingdom of heaven is very different than the kingdom of this earth. Jesus is the one who knelt into the very dirt he created and washed 
his disciples' feet that he created with the water he created. And yet he was the one on his hands and knees showing them, demonstrating to them what the kingdom of heaven looks like. What a beautiful, what a humbling thing to have been sitting there, seated, a part of. Unbelievable. And that's the life that you're called to live. That's the life I'm called to live. So this sonship, this this daughter of a king doesn't mean that I go around boasting and smashing people with, you know, rhetoric about how God hates them in their sin and he's damning them all to hell if they don't do this or that. No, it's me down in the dirt on my hands and knees saying, how can I lift you up? What can I do for you? What, how, can, how can I come behind you, beside you, along with you? How can I support you? How can I encourage you? How can I walk with you? How can I bring freedom into your life because I'm spirit-filled? How can, I, how can I bring health, healing, light, life, love? Outward expression all the time. That's your identity. Because you're made in his image, so you're whole and complete, lacking nothing. You're spirit-led, and you're outward-focused because that's the way that the Godhead lives. You're constantly crying out, Abba, Father, because that's what the Spirit's crying out to a dark and dying generation. It's unbelievable. Uh, Galatians 4, 7 through 9. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. However, at the time when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by the nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, How is it that you continue to turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles and want to be enslaved all over again? Why do we do this? I don't want to do it anymore. And so I want us to start being this church family that we're like, hey, why are you going back to elementary garbage? That's not for you. That's not for you. No, 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 no. You, you got freedom in this already. You've already. You've already accepted your place as a son in the family. So start living your life as a son in the family. Jamie, stop living like a slave. You're not, that's not for you anymore. You have nothing to prove. That's the one that I hang up on a lot because I like to prove myself out. I like to be, you know, talented. That's why I wear flashy shoes. People see me. You know, I like attention. You guys probably never knew that. Uh, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. This is the life. You, you, you have not, it, it's, you know, we talked about this a little last week too, and I don't know if I ended up actually saying it, but the kingdom of self will always be heaven, heavily defended territory. So long as I set up my kingdom as Jamie, I will always have to defend it and guard it and, and keep people out and make sure that it stays the way that I want and everything is, is happening the way that I, that, I, that I planned it. But I don't want to defend things anymore. I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to live outwardly. I want to live free. I want to I just wake up, get up, and walk in what he's called me to be. That's what I want. This is the life that I want. I want the city streets of Grand Rapids to come on fire. Think about this for a minute. Kevin and I talk about this a lot. So Grand Rapids, anywhere, anywhere you go. I mean, I, I was literally in Las Vegas talking to one of, my, one of my customers out there, and he said, you're from, he said, you're from Grand Rapids? I said, yeah. He goes, isn't that the CRC capital of the world? And I said, show enough is. Yep, city center. We hold the Guinness Book of World Records for having a street that has more churches 
than any other street in the nation. There are more churches here than, than you know, we will ever have people to fill them, right? And we also know, and I've heard stories, too, of, of pastors who have wanted to come, evangelists who have wanted to come and minister here, and said they can't because there's so much religion. And, and I'm sure a lot of you experienced that growing up or, or whatnot in this community, right? It's a community that's known for that, for tradition and religion and all of that. However, why do we continue to be a people that focus on the negative? Kevin said this to me years ago, and I never, ever forgot it. All of that religion... All of that forced memorization of scripture, all of that stuff is seed in this city, in the hearts of millions, just waiting for germination. Just waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall on it and for those words to no longer be words of death, but words of life. And imagine a city with that sort of core and foundation paired with resources, on fire, full of the Holy Spirit, because they encountered one of us, and now they want to go crush the world. I mean, I have heard and I have seen many, many people that have had visions of a, a ball of fire coming up from Grand Rapids and covering the globe. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what will. But I'm telling you, God has plans for our little city. And he's not concerned with religion, and he's not concerned with any of it. He's concerned with the hearts of his kids lining up with his heart, so that way we can present his identity, which is our identity, to the city and then to the world. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, if we can have the, the band come up. I, I, I want to proclaim something, but I also want to share this. Um, Sarah Menifee, who's over here, she gave this to me. It's a little book by Kenneth Hagin, if anyone remembers him from years ago. I don't know, he's probably still teaching. No? Oh, my bad. Okay. Um, anyway, it's a bunch of scriptures about being in Christ. And I love this because, again, this is what God's taking me into right now is scripture. Like, read the scripture, Jamie, proclaim it. So if you're struggling with some of the things we've had, like, I don't understand what it means to be in Christ. I don't know if I shore that up. Get this and just read one of them per week, and just say it over and over and over and over again. It will transform your life. So Sarah's got a handful of them. If you guys need, if you guys want that, I want it. I'm going to do it. I'm excited about it. Um, I kind of want to do something a little non-traditional here, if it's okay. Um, if you guys would mind standing with me. I, um, I had Caleb put up a slide of something. Don't show me just yet. Um, I, had, I don't want people getting distracted. Um, <laughs> Thursday night in our small group, Kevin shared five things that he believed were declarations over our church family. And I believe that this is truth. And I want us to proclaim it. And some of these things you will likely have to say by faith because you won't feel comfortable saying them about yourself maybe, or you maybe haven't seen them, or maybe they're not reality, or whatever it may be. But I would just really love us to say these things together by faith, declaring them over ourselves and over this church family, and believing that this is our identity in five sentences. And so, um, Caleb, if you... Oh, you do? That's so wonderful. Caleb's so great. Am I right? 
and Gordon and Mary. You guys are all great. Sometimes we have to, you know, anyway. So the first thing is um, I'm fully loved by the Father. That's where it starts. It's where it all starts. Face to face, he looks at you and says, my child, I love you. And the more that we experience and believe that love, the more transformation we go through. So I am fully loved by the Father. Can we say that? I am fully loved by the Father. The second one is, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. The third, there is healing in my hands. There is healing in my hands. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Anything, Jesus said we would do more than he ever did. There is healing in my hands through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the life of Christ. There are words of light, life, and love on my tongue. Sometimes I don't use those words. Sometimes I use the words of death. The church needs to quit that. We need to quit that. We need to only allow things to come from our mouth. So let's say that together. There are words of light, life, and love on my tongue. And the last thing is, the Father has me by the hand and he's saying, let's go. So the Father has me by the hand and he's saying, let's go. So as we like go back into worship, um, you know, maybe, maybe you heard some of this today and maybe like being in Christ is not your reality. You don't know what that means. You don't know if that's your reality or whatever. Dan and Barb are going to be in the back. Please go and seek them for prayer. Maybe you're struggling with one of these things and need someone to proclaim it over you. Please go and connect with them. But as we're, as we're going back into worship, I encourage you, like, drink this in. This is the church of the living God in Christ. 100% whole and complete. We're lacking nothing. And he's with us and he's for us. And he's got things in, in, in mind for us to do. And he's saying, let's go. Let's go. So let's go. Amen. Amen.